This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. Meet like-minded people who share your interests over brunch. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. And today, one of the people that will be speaking to you is a wonderful, wonderful dancing machine, (laughs) laughing, giggling machine, UA. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And um, our co-host, Michael, will be, I guess, giving me his 
views and opinions on my story. That's right. Very exciting. So on each episode, we dissect a dating story. Today is a very special episode because the dating story comes from me. UA, are you ready? I'm so ready. And I'm actually really excited to tell this story to get a male perspective because I know a lot of my female friends' perspective. Um, I feel like Michael's going to give me a very interesting, uh, very interesting insights on this. I got your back. You got my back. All right. So let's start with this. Um, again, I've told you guys I haven't been in San Francisco for that long, and it's very hard to find a connection with someone at this stage in my life. It's just harder, right? So back in July, I. You know, there's like this guy that's been in a friend group for a while. We never really like notice each other, but back in July, somehow we made eye contact and sparks flew. Right? It was a very intense connection. We went on a first date, and it was just very obvious from the get-go that we were very much into each other. Now, the other part of the story is that there were drugs involved, so a lot of that connection was fabricated or induced. But anyway, I, the connection felt very real, and it felt like I always felt like I was in the moment with him. It went a little bit too fast, too hot, too um, too explosive, and it literally just exploded and dissipated. So we stopped talking to each other. It's fine. We, it, it was nothing like a blow up. It was just more like, okay, that was just something very temporary. Felt very temporary. So a few months go by. Fast forward, and I haven't heard from him in a while. And I've been thinking about him just because you know when you have an intense connection with someone, you always want to reminisce about it.、Mm-hmm. So at the same time, he texts me one day out of the blue. After months of not talking, and he's like, "Hey, Ua, I really miss hanging out with you. Let's grab a drink." And in my mind, I'm like, "Ooh, maybe things could work out, you know." And I, I can speak for most women when someone from your past comes back into your life. That is the first thing that you think of. You're like, "Maybe things could be different this time around." Okay, so you were thinking about him, and he texted you around the same totally. time. Totally,、like、she fabricated. It, well, it's、done. almost like I manifested it.、Yeah. That's been my word all month. I manifested this, right? So I, I was like really excited for our、um, reunion of sorts. I haven't seen him in months. I was very excited to just catch up with someone who really meant a lot to me, even for a very short period of time. You know, like we made plans for Sunday, and this is like during the week. So. Saturday rolls around. I don't hear from him to like solidify any plans for Sunday. So I'm like, okay, maybe he'll just call me on Sunday and we'll solidify plans. So Sunday night rolls around. By now it's like 7 p.m. and I'm like, I'm hungry and I'm guessing we're not going to dinner. So I make plans to go to dinner with my friend. We go to dinner and it's like 8:30 by now. And my friend's like, you should just text him. Like, ask him what's going on. I finally text him. I'm like, "Hey, I'm at dinner now, but what's going on tonight? I need to know." And he texts back right away. He's like, "Oh, I'm stuck in traffic and coming back from out of town, so it's going to be really hard for me to meet up.、Um, let's reschedule." He actually did not say all those words. It was more like, "I'm stuck in traffic. May have to reschedule." No other words were said. Right. Now, I wonder if at that point he was like just be- pissed being in traffic for so long. Right, I like to think that he may have been. All right, so、um, I write K 
okay, good luck. Sunday goes by, never hear from him. Monday goes by, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, a whole fucking week goes by. I hate having someone else control my emotions. And I really felt like my emotions were dependent on his actions. For someone who wasn't even physically present in my life, how could he have so much control? I was really mad at myself. So I said, I'm gonna confront him. But my friend said, you know, I bet you anything that when people call each other out on their actions, they say, that's not right, that's a deal breaker, I don't want to see you, I don't want you in my life. But she goes, have you ever thought about coming from a place of caring? So she's like, what if you worded it in a way that you care about him and you want him to improve himself because you see him at his full potential? So I'm like, that's a very interesting point because I've never called someone out and said something nice about them. So I said, I'm going to take that to heart and I'm going to use that advice. Wise friend. Very wise friend. I'm so glad I had her over. So I texted him. on a Saturday or a Sunday, I can't even remember, but I was like clear-headed, sober, you know, no drugs are involved. And I wrote, you know, hey, I just wanna say, this is coming from someone who really thinks positively of you. And I really think that you have a lot of potential to be a very lovely human being. I just feel like right now, you're not stepping up to who you could potentially be. And I think you're making Um, decisions in your life without thinking about how it affects other people around you and you're self-sabotaging things that could be potentially good for you and I said the way you are today is not someone that I want even as an acquaintance but I do want to meet the future you someday Wow. After I wrote this text, I swear to you, I felt like I lost 100 pounds because I felt so much lighter and I felt very mature to do something like that because usually I have my pride is always in the way. And so that time you were able to kind of set aside your pride. Set aside my pride and say, I'm not cutting you out of my life. I actually would like to see you, just not the way you are today. And then then I got a text back and he said, you know what? That's really honest. I appreciate your opinion and I respect your opinion and I will think about it. All right. So he didn't blow up and say, screw you. None of that stuff. And I knew he wouldn't. Yeah. I just felt like someone, instead of cutting him out, someone needed to tell him, you can be better than this. Step up. Dropping some truth bombs on him. So thoughts, Michael? Well, I, I actually have a couple of thoughts. And one of the things that overall it sounds like beginning with intensity, right? And, and that's a large place to start from. And then, you know, you, you continued on the relationship up and down and then it went silent. And then you come back again and you're waiting for that intensity to come back. And then it goes kind of silent again, but very quickly. And so it was really hard, I imagine, to kind of manage that experience. And luckily, you had your mini Yoda with you to be able to kind of talk you down a little bit and be like, hey, why don't you come from a place of caring? And I think I got to imagine for you, that's got to be a great life learning experience. You know, to me, Michael, is that um, I don't know how other people operate, but to me, for me, it's like silence is the ultimate downfall for me. Silence to me, in my head, I can roll that up into something 
totally different than what's going on. So if I don't speak to someone for five days and they're supposed to be calling me or whatever, I fabricate so many stories in my head. So many emotions go through my entire body that by the time I, I actually do talk to them, it's like that built up um, anger or like frustration. So it's almost like a ticking time bomb. I wish people in general be more communicative, right? Communicate. Just say, listen, I'm really busy this week. Or listen, I'm just, I don't feel like we have a connection. Listen, I think this is not going to work out. Let's cool it. Or listen, I'm really busy till Thursday. I won't call you till Thursday. Why can't we communicate like that? And if the more we, well, ignore or avoid communication, the more drama that creates. Can can I can I play devil's advocate? Yeah. How how come you didn't communicate him after that first day or two when you were feeling all those emotions? Because I had pride in the way. Aha folks, pride. Pride gets in the way of many a beautiful things that can happen, including the release of one's emotions. I know I've done that so many times where my pride has gotten me in the way and I ended up running into a brick wall over and over over and over again. Like a dumb fly trying to get through the window. It's not going to work, little fly. Oh, I have that happen so many times. What a great and well done for you to be able to like recognize that. So I actually have an, another question for you. You talked about like other people controlling having control of your emotions. I'd love to hear a little bit more of like what did you mean by that? When you really like someone and they communicate with you, like they send a text or call you, you get so happy. But the minute they go radio silent, you're, you get so depressed. You're like, oh, I haven't heard from them for days. Oh, they haven't even checked in. Maybe they're dating other people. Maybe they, they have other things going on in their life and they're not including me. So I felt like in these scenarios, and it happens to me all the time, I give up that control to someone else, where their communication behavior dictates how I feel. You know, Yue, I think you are one of the many people who experience that all the time, including myself, where that silence is scary. It is. Right? This, this silence is very terrifying. And we start creating these stories in our head that yes. is so true, like, Oh, I bet she's now went to Alaska on a on a on a trip with some guy. Yeah. I mean, it's been like a day, so clearly that's what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. And it's just wild and crazy that we do that, right? I know it's not just us who are on there. What do you what do you think about it, producer Julie? Do you have any I've thoughts? been there before, and I think it's super interesting that you as a male feel yeah. the same way. Hell yeah! Because I know that's a female thing. No, no, hands down. But it's great to know. That men feel the same way. And I think some of it's texting, right? Like mm -hmm. the yes. olden days, I feel like since it wasn't so easy to communicate, there was like less expectations and downfall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like because you can, it literally send takes five seconds to send a text. Right. And you're like, if this person didn't send one text in one day, they don't care about me. Right. Not everyone communicates the same way either. This is my takeaway from this whole thing. And I tell a lot of my girlfriends this because this happens in like every new relationship. You're like, oh, I haven't heard from them in a few days. I always say on a first date, you should state your preferred communication method and behavior. On first dates, I'm gonna make a point to say, you know, I really like it when people communicate with me every day. And not even just like on the phone, I don't need in-depth conversation, but just a check-in. 
And if I don't hear from someone for a few days, I'm just gonna assume that they're no longer interested. And you know what's great about that, folks, is we as human beings love a thing called patterns. And so what we want to do from the beginning is establish patterns. So if you know who you are, the type of person and what it is that you need, say it up front because that person may or not be able to manage that or they may be able to adjust for you. But trying to set the patterns from the beginning helps establish the relationship. A lot of times when people have sex for the first on their first date, kind of like we talked in our previous podcast, they also then have sex as a relationship. And sometimes there's not a lot of emotional attachment. And it just ends up being booty calls. So set the pattern from the beginning. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah, I love, we love devil's advocate. Do you think it's a little too much on like the first or second? I'm totally for stating your needs because no one's a mind reader. Mm -hmm. And the way you expect to feel communicated may not be the same as your partner. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you said that on like date one or two, like early on, it would send someone running. I think it's how you say it. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's like if you say it in a way where it's not demanding, but in a place of humility, mm-hmm. where you say, you know, for me personally, um, I really like communicating this way and it just helps me feel more confident in the relationship. I, I think that's a part of it. Yeah, taking the ego out of it. So have you heard of the love languages? All the five of them. <laughs> All five. So I think this kind of relates to that. Yep, I agree. For those of you who don't know what the five love languages are, it's the way in which we experience love. So there is physical touch, not necessarily being gropey fellows, but (laughs) having physical appropriate touch and later on not so appropriate when it is appropriate to not be No penetration is necessary. No penetration is necessary. Holding the hand. Holding the hand, nice shoulder touch, that type of stuff. Uh, Then there's words of affirmation. So basically saying things that are very pleasant, like, I think that you look beautiful today. I love the way that scarf looks on you. The the song you, you, that scarf looks great, by the way. Um, And then there is quality time. So that means putting away the cell phones, putting, putting the Netflix on pause or off even, and actually spending quality time. Uh, the next one is acts of service. Mm-hmm. So meaning that, you know, you really care about someone. So you want to unburden their life for them. So perhaps do the dishes for them. And that's not necessarily always the solution, but an act of service that they feel shows appreciation for them. And then the final things are gifts. And we're not talking about diamonds or anything like that. But we're talking about sometimes people light up when you make them a car. Because it's you taking the time to know what they would like and you being able to provide that for them. So those are the five love languages that we're talking about. What's your one, number one? You know, I think for me, it's more about, I kind of have two, honestly. Uh, I go between physical touch and quality time. Mm-hmm. Like I want to just be there with the person. Um, like I said in a previous uh, episode where there was a girl that I was spending time with and I, she was like, oh, we should watch Netflix. And I said, no, I want to spend time with you because being around someone is great, right? And then also just being able to just hold the person, that feels fantastic. What about for you? Um, so I think you should take the quiz. Have you taken the quiz? Uh, a long time ago. Okay. So what you think is important to you is actually different than what um, the quiz will tell you. I thought mine was like physical touch and quality time. 
but my number one came out to be words of affirmation. And it made so much sense to me because I really need communication. I need someone to be like, I'm busy today, I'm not busy tomorrow, I want to see you. I want to be with you. I, I like you. The reason I bring this up is mm-hmm. because there has been like debate, like if you are speaking in a different love language than mm. your partner, then you could be showing them all the love in the world and they may yes. not feel it at all. Absolutely. And it's kind of the same with like the communication styles, like Definitely. to one person texting every day may be essential and then to the other it may not really even cross their mind. That goes to empathy. Mm. like empathy it's not about the way i receive love it's how can i show you the way you receive love and i think that's really important that's so important so there's this whole other thing too about how women are much better multitaskers than men mm-hmm. like men get fixated on one aspect yes and it's hard to like mm-hmm. balance a bunch like women relationships even if they got a tongue going on at work with their friends Family, whatever, like relationships are always going to be a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But men, like sometimes if like work is intense, it's like heads down. Oh yeah, and that's yeah, all I'm doing. Definitely. Sir, uh, Sir Ken Robinson, who's um, very uh, famous for talking about um, making um, schools a better place for children, he also talked about how men are very singularly focused, and he kind of made a joke about how when he is in the kitchen, he is only allowed to be cooking one egg, and that is all that he can do at the time. And again, going back to the idea of the five love languages, it's also not about um, what I want, but it's what about what can I do for the other person? How can I treat them right? And whether you actually want a relationship or not, do you want to be the type of person that will work hard to make sure that you are being there for the other person in your life, whether it's beginning or an end. Do you want to be that type of person? I do. <laughs> and you are. So now I want to I want to kind of switch topics somewhat where we have the question of the day. Yay. All right. So the question of the day, it's actually a little bit connected to what we're talking about. But why do a lot of us move so quickly, so fast? Like in a relationship? Like in a relationship. Why do we move so quickly, so fast? Because rent prices are so high in San Francisco. (laughs) So it's just practicality at that point, obviously. I had this conversation with someone I was in an Uber pool with. Um, We're all lonely. We are in a city, and it's the same way for every big city, but we're in a city particularly where everyone's very lonely. And I think when we find that little spark, that even just like a little fire with someone, we just want to jump on it. Like We want that. We want to throw more coals into the fire, more wood into the flame. Absolutely, because that's where we're all searching for. We want companionship, and we're willing to sacrifice for it. Oh, folks, we have the call of the day. We have to uh, get the call of the day here, folks. So our call comes from... Parents. From uh, UA's parents. So, uh, so UA's parents just called and asking why UA's still single. It's because she's a high-quality woman. That's exactly why. Um, so I think that I, I agree with a lot, what, a lot of what you say about... Um, the idea of being very lonely. And one of the things that I, with the guys I've worked with and just people in general, I, the first thing I encourage 
to kind of help with that lonely factor is before you look for a significant other, before you look to date someone, get yourself some really good friends. Yeah. Get yourself some bros, some girls, whatever it is. I think every sex should have friends in that sex first. So I actually, it was really cool. The other day I got, um, I got Facebook's message from someone I gave some advice to a while ago and he was, he just broke up with his girlfriend. He didn't have any support. He didn't know what to do. He was moving and he's like, should I just, this was the first girl. Should I just go out and date a whole bunch of people? Should I just sleep around? I don't even want to sleep around, but I feel like that's a thing to do. And I said, no, the first thing you need to do is find a bunch of guy friends. Get yourself a bunch of bros, a group of men that you can identify with, that you can be there for, that they can be there for you, and you'll be golden. That's a really good point because when you don't have solid relationships in your life, then you're, you're going to latch on to anyone who says something nice to you. There was, um, I listened to um, Jordan from The Art of Charm, and I think he has a lot of good things to say. And uh, one of the things that he talked about was uh, building up your, your social funnel. And it sounds a little cheesy, but it actually is pretty brilliant where the first thing he says, which I completely agree with, is go find yourself a group of the same sex. The next thing is to, and where you can push each other, you can be there for each other, you can encourage each other. The next thing you want to do is go to somewhere where there's something fun happening, but with both sexes. Like for me, it's improv or for other people, it's dancing, right? Something that's fun that you can meet other people of other sex. The third thing is you want to go and uh, be somewhere where you can show off a skill that you have. So for me, that's improv where I get to showcase a skill that I have. And then the fourth thing is a place to give, a place where you can be of service to other people. And when you go to those four things, you start building a community of people around you. You start building these friendships. And when you have that, folks, then the intensity won't be as much, at least in my humble opinion, that it won't be as much. And you'll be able to really find that person that you can connect with on a nice gradual pace that's more realistic and sustainable. All right, folks, that's it for today. Don't forget to submit your stories. And remember... They can always be anonymous. We will change the names of all parties involved so no one is crying or throwing a computer out the window when they hear their name. You eh? Stay dateable! The Dateable Podcast is recorded in San Francisco. We would like to thank our sponsor, 500 Brunches, for making this happen. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com. Mm-hmm.